Well, if you've got your Bibles, let's go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 2. I'm going to start with this one. Then. I'm not going to try to preach till 3 o'clock this afternoon. But we'll go as long as we need to go until you get it. You better look at the person beside you and say, you better get it quick. <laughs> Joshua chapter 1, verse 2. and It says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Did y'all see the, the first song where it said arise? That was, now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I am given to them, the children of Israel. Have you ever noticed that... Uh, some people seem to experience breakthroughs in their lives and and it appears as though uh I don't know it's not happening in yours. Have you ever just watched some people? You see that they're man, they're they're marriage, their relationship. Boy, it's just look at that. Man, I, I, wish, I wish my body would move like that again. I wish I didn't feel so old. How do they do it? They're, they're older than I am, and they act younger than I am. We just, we see all of these, these things transpiring in other people's lives, and, and we look, and we just... Maybe you even ask yourself questions. You ask questions like, why can't it happen to me? Why am I not experiencing that? You ever, you ever been at a job? And as you go through this job, you have these people that maybe even come in behind you. Haven't, they don't have the tenure that you have, but yet they get the promotions. I mean, just I'm just trying to tickle your mind. I want, I want you to think about it a little, because I'm afraid that a lot of us go through life and we look at other people and we go, man. But what, what it is that we don't realize, and it's just like in, in this scripture, if we was just to look at this scripture, we, we see that God just comes to Moses or comes to Joshua and says, Hey, Moses is dead, get the people over to Jordan. Looks simple, right? It just And without us going back and reading the verses that we're getting ready to read, you wouldn't have a full understanding. Matter of fact, you would probably be misled. Or maybe not misled. Maybe you just don't know the whole truth. Maybe it's not even that. 
Maybe you just don't have a deeper understanding of what took place. God bless you. You're welcome. So let's, let's do ourselves a favor. Let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 34. And I want to read 5 through 12. And then we're going to talk about it. Deuteronomy 34, 5 through 12, beginning at verse 5. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab, opposite of Beth Peor. But no one knows his grave to this day. Boy, how, what a horrible burial that was. Walks off with God and don't come back. Only God comes back. God killed him. Never mind. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not dim, nor his natural vigor diminished. Boy. How many of you pray that you go in that manner? Boy, you just as strong today as you were the day you were born, and you could see as clear. I, I got to squint sometimes, but you can see as clear today. I mean, this was Moses. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab for 30 days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses ended. Did y'all hear that? So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses ended. It didn't say they didn't have those moments. They didn't say that they could go through those seasons. It said they ended. That means they went through some stuff. But it ended. Now Joshua the son of Nun was full of spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands on him. So the children of Israel heeded him. And did as the Lord had commanded Moses. But since then there has not arisen in Israel a prophet like Moses. Whom the Lord knew face to face. In all the signs and wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt. Before Pharaoh, before all his servants and in all his land. And by all that mighty power and that great terror which Moses performed in the sight of Israel. I'm going to continue to read and go back and Joshua chapter 1 verse 2. Moses my servant is dead, now therefore arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land in which I give you. You know, there are some things that What we see is not truly the reality of what we know. Um, have, you, have you ever watched some people that 
you, you think that everything is good, but you know differently. Boy, they can just be just as giddy and laughing, having a good time, but you know they're fighting in sorrow, bitterness, pain. And we have this tendency to allow what our eyes see in the physical to overrun what we know. And this is why it's so hard for a lot of Christians to walk the faith. I told y'all this wasn't going to be a preach. This was going to be a teach. Don't go to sleep on me. The dangers of allowing what we see and the appearance of what we see to overturn what we know can cause us to turn away from our hope and our faith. We, we turn away from knowing that there is a God to wondering if there is. Because we see the appearance of sinners. Everything in life is going well for them. Appearing. Well, God, why do I have to go through the struggles I'm going through when I don't even have to do any of that because and we have no idea what is really going on behind the scenes. Sometimes what you see is just a determination of what lies on the inside of someone. You see and you think they're healthy. But the fact of the matter is they're determined inside to not allow their circumstance or to not allow what's going on in their life to take over their life. Does that make sense? Or what's going on in their life to become their life. We all go through something. We all have our issues. But there comes a time when what, we are, what we're hoping for, our breakthroughs and our, our turn or change of events in our life for the better, start with the change of our mind. See, this is what we find in the Israelites right now in this text. What you find is the Israelites didn't just, Moses didn't die yesterday and the Israelites wake up today and go over to Jordan. That's not what happened. I had to take you back and show you that they mourned for 30 days. So it took 30 days for them to go from following Moses and being dedicated to Moses, being submissive to Moses, to turning, to follow or to be prepared to follow someone that God was getting ready to appoint 
to take Moses' place. We want everything to happen like that. But there's a process that takes place in our life that will take us from where we were to where we're going. We have to make up in our mind what we're willing to surrender. See, we're talking about this. Listen, I'm, I'm sitting here looking. I'm going, dude, God is so banging. These people, 440 years now in captivity. I'll say in bondage. They were in captivity for 440 years. They were still in bondage, just not in captivity. But they were in bondage for the full 440 years. So here we, millions of people. God took 440 years of what they have known, what they have practiced, what they had become used to, and he changed it in 30 days. But not without them surrendering. See, you want God to change things in your life and you want a better outcome in your life, but we're not willing to surrender things in our life for God to change our life. You can't keep doing what you're doing, expecting different results. Everybody knows the definition of. And we are so insane because that's how we live. I do it. I do it every day. I don't know why she don't love me more than what she loves me, but I still do the same thing every day. I don't, the rest of you guys, y'all don't do that. Y'all change, I know, y'all work hard on it. Whatever. You wake up and just hope that she's going to make you a cup of coffee or she's going to fix you some dinner or something. I already know. I is one. I don't like the coffee thing. But, but here the Israelites are. They're, I could just imagine what's going on in their minds Moses is dead now. What are, what are we going to do now? Where are we going? What's going to happen now? And all we've ever known was what Moses has taught us. And now God is saying, my servant's dead. Get up. Cross this Jordan. wonder how many he's come to and spoke to in here and said, hey, the way you used to live, it's over. Now it's time to get up and move on to different. Amen. Change, boy, change. One of the most consistent things in our lives, right. Change. And we all just accept it, don't we? We love change. Well, we just open arms. We, we, we've got beds made for change. We got, you know, it, we coddle change. We love change so much. We can't wait to wake up in the morning because we know for certain change is coming. And boy, we just can't. We just love. Uh -uh. 
I think many of us probably take most of our day fighting change. Do you know that if God was able to come and change you without having to fight through imagine how quick your life would change but he's got to fight through all your junk all of your but god all of your crybaby stuff but it's not fair or i don't really want well god i'll give you this but i can't get if I give you everything, then what do I have? God. But if we was to surrender, if we was to make it up in our mind to just go ahead and say, God, you know what? Have at it, baby. Let's go. But boy, we fight. Okay, you may not put gloves on and stand before him and and throw the dukes. I get it. But in your way, you fight him. Look, we fight him with our sickness. We fight, we fight him in everything we have because we know what his word says. But because of the appearance of what is taking place in our life, we allow that to consume our life and overpower the what we know. In our life. Why can't we. Help me Dawn. Why can't we. Just say you said. And it's over. And we just leave it alone. No. uh -uh. It takes a phone call from a friend. Well hey. Don't you know that if you keep doing that. I can't believe you. Look. We've been challenged. In many areas. Can't believe you're tithing. You can't even afford. I'm just speaking to you from experience. <laughs> see, there, there, there's, there's times in which we don't see what, what it was that got them to that point. We... All we see is the Israelites crossing the Jordan. Oh, what a glorious time. But we don't know what took place to get them to that point. We're, gonna, we're talking about a topic. Don't miss your moment. We're talking about it right now. The problem is we have a hard time recognizing the moment because of what life has dealt us. Maybe it's something someone said or the doctor said or the job said, whatever. Maybe it's something that they've said that doesn't line up. We, we, we look... We could find ourselves looking at the Israelites at this point, not really knowing what has taken place. But we see this moment of transition. And we go, man, 
Have you ever looked at somebody that is going through a transition? And you can see the, the outward effects, the physical effects of their transition. This is what I mean. Maybe someone's going on a diet and you start watching them. Now you don't see, you still see this, right? Why are you laughing? Maybe they're going through a diet. You don't see the immediate effect, but what you do see is what has been made up in their mind because now their eating habits have changed. You with me? You follow me? Keep following me. Just track with me. Maybe, maybe they don't act like they used to act anymore. Maybe, you know, that person that, because, <laughs> see, when we're saved, there's something internally that happens and we're supposed to have this change in our mind okay for the religious people it's called repentance okay we have this change in our mind but we're not fully saved yet our spirit has changed Our, our fleshly man is being changed. So we start seeing what has evolved in our mind, in our thinking, in our spirit. And it causes us to begin to act differently. Walk differently. Talk differently. Doesn't mean that we're fully saved, but we see the outward effect of an inward decision... And that's what we base how we see people. We see the outward experience, but we disregard the inward decision. I think I wrote something down for this part. I'm going to go find it. We'll run up on it, maybe. By looking back and seeing what they're going through and what they're having to deal with to get to Joshua, now this sheds a different light for me. Because now I see a people that is getting ready to be faced with a decision of change. Watch how this happens. It come at the most inopportune time. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. It's a different outlook on this text now, isn't it? Because most of the time when we're, when we're being approached by God, see... God's not asking you to do something that you already do. God's asking you to do something differently than what you've done. That's an inopportune time. It is extremely uncomfortable to submit. Women, go like this. Come on. Come on. You can do it, Lenore. Go like this. 
There you go. It's extremely hard, isn't it? It's hard. And it's the same thing for us men because we don't want to submit to God. I did it my way. How's that working for you? But see, when we, we sit here and, and we're looking at, well, what about my moment? When is my moment coming? Well, your moment may have come, but it was in the midst of an inopportune time in your life. Maybe you were experiencing loss in your life, just like the, the Israelites were experiencing loss. The last thing you want to happen at this moment is God to reach down inside of your life and say, now I want you to change. I said it's going to be teaching, not preaching. Put my hands in my pockets and sit down. That keeps me teaching. Have you ever been faced with change when it wasn't comfortable? When it wasn't timely? God, can we do that tomorrow? Right now, I'm in the middle of something. Can we do that tomorrow? Look, I'm trying to be real with you. God, can we, can we do this next week? Because me and the girls, we got this thing tonight. You know, and we're going to go down. We're going to turn up. <laughs> go like this, baby. Wives. So, yes. Go like this. Because people live in this, what I'm talking about right now. And we wonder why we're not changing because, well, it's not, it's not very appropriate at this time. But what would they say? Where would my friends go? If I change, God, if I change everything right now, where would my friends go? See, there's things, there's decisions within the church, churches all across the country. There are things taking place internally in churches where decisions are having to be made. And some of those decisions that are being made are decisions that's going to hurt. There was a, a pastor that was approached by a man in their church because they changed their music. And he said, um, if you don't change the music back to the way it was, me and my family's going to have to leave. <laughs> well, he looked and with pain, he said, I'm, I'm sorry, but I believe this is the direction that God would have us go to experience a new wine. And they left. And he said, when he shut the door, he said, God, now what? The biggest 
donor in our church just walked out of the room. And he said, immediately, God said, I'm still here. That's right. Oh, yeah. Amen. Check it out. Hey, Siri, don't be rebellious. She said, I'm sorry. What's that say? I says, I'm sorry. Rebuke you in the name of Jesus. But in order for us to taste the better, we must be willing to let go of the good. In order for you to experience a deeper of God, you've got to be willing to go deeper in God. You can't live your experience with God on the same level you have for the past 20 years and expect him to just magically give you new. The limitations of what we experience in God has a direct reflection and a direct correlation to what we are willing to surrender. here wants to experience more who in here wants to experience better who in here wants to experience the best <laughs> i want the best i don't want just the better i want the best now you can live live your life how you want to live it i just want the best in order for me to experience the best i've got to let go of better which means I'm not saying you let go of it, you give better away. I'm not saying I'm saying that you allow yourself to receive. You can't you can't always come to church. Got dizzy. I'm gonna just leave a chair up here from now on. Seems like one of the best props I got. <laughs> you can't come to church every Sunday and every Wednesday. And during praise and worship, you just don't like the song, so you... And expect to experience God on different... Now, I'm not saying that it's the music, it's... It's not the music, it's not the song, it's not the beat, it's not the lights, it's not the smoke, it's not the mirrors. It... I'm telling you what you're willing to surrender within will allow things to happen in your life that you've not experienced. You've got to stop, you've got to let go of things internally. You can't continue to hold grudges. You can't continue to be the person that never forgives. You can't be the person that never gives. You've got to constantly change. 
You've got to move to greater things. God wants to take you from faith to faith and glory to glory. But until you're willing to surrender what you're holding on to, do you know God can't take you any further than your expectations? Come on, church. Don't, don't you know God can't take you any further than your expectations? If you don't expect God, he ain't. I'm, whatever. If I come today and all I expect is just to hear the big mouth preacher, guess what you're getting? The big mouth preacher. But if I come to experience God in a different level, in a different way, maybe it's just there's something inside of me that has just got a funk to it. And I want God just to touch that one. God, I woke up this morning and I just don't feel I need you. I need a touch. And if I come to church expecting that touch, God minister to this touch. Now, here's the key. Minister to him. God says that he inhabits the praises of his people. That means that's where God lives. He lives in your praise. So if all you have is your woes and your old me's and your old my's, and don't expect God to be in it. He's very clear in that. Does that mean that your your problem goes away? Sometimes no. Sometimes that problem will stay with, uh uh-oh, here's a good part. Sometimes that problem will stay with you for the rest of your life. That's the good part. God, Pastor, what would be the bad part? See, the good part is I can minimize that problem and I can glorify him. Now he becomes bigger than my problem. My focus is now on him. He abides in my praises. If I praise him in it, doesn't necessarily mean it goes away. Doesn't mean it goes away. It just means my God is bigger. This is what's going on with Israel. I haven't lost my place. (laughs) They are in a position now to experience God on another level. And they had to decide to surrender. What did they have to surrender? All the old. God told them specifically, Moses is dead. Now I want you to arise. I want you to go past what it used to be. I want you to get over what's happening. I I don't want you to see it from down. You know when they're doing the morning and stuff. The sackcloth ashes setting in den style. Ashes on the. And they're screaming and crying. And you know. God said, now I want you to do this on the other side. I want you. (laughs) See, y'all don't like the way he talks in the Bible. That's why he put it like this so you don't really understand it fully. And then you get somebody like me that just punches you in the mouth with it. He said, get over it. That's what he said. That's what that script. Get over it. 
See, people hate it when I say, well, you need to get over this. Well, you don't know. And I, yeah, oh, yeah, I do. Doesn't mean it's going to go away, but you got to get over it. That's why he said cross over this Jordan. When he said this Jordan, that just implied to me there's another one coming too. Boy, don't you know we're always going to be crossing. But you're going to have to get over this one. God has laid down a promise. With a land flowing with milk and honey. What would have happened if it was you leading Israel? You ever thought about that? I told you, put yourself in Scripture. When you read, what if your name was Joshua? And he caught you at that time. Because you'd been with Moses for a minute. That was your dude. Your homie. Now he gone. Oh, it's going to hurt. It's going to cause discomfort. And right in the middle of all this inconvenience in my life, God's got the audacity to come down and say, Hey, homie dead, get over it. See, y'all think I'm... Oh, I liked it then back in Jesus' time. No, you would have, because he'd have beat you out the house too. Because all y'all worry about is getting your coffee and your donut. Because that's where people live in, baby. Look, I'm just telling you. I'm not beating you down because you had a snack this morning. I don't care. As long as you ain't over there chewing on communion, I'm good. <laughs> if I see you chewing on communion like you got a snack bag, I'm a, we got a problem. And I'm going to call you into the office. And I'm going to let Debbie get on you. And I'm going to go home. Because <laughs> she loves on you all the time. But get over it. Look at this. In the midst of loss, in the midst... And a time of inconvenience. God says change. How many of you right now are living in, the, in, a, in, a, in a moment of inconvenience in your life? I mean, it's just, right now it's just, it's inconvenient. Right now it's just, it just doesn't seem to be the right time. Right? If, if you had it your way, you would say, God, not today. Today, it's not the right time. God, I'm in my feelings. Are you in your feelings today? I'm in my feelings. Girl, get out your feelings. <laughs> I've already told you about the internal. Our internal change is dependent upon our willingness to surrender. Until we are determined that the change is worth it, we will struggle in what we give up and what we try and keep. Mm 
So can I ask you a question? Think God would have you change in something that wasn't worth it? So why have you not changed? Told you I wanted to make Sundays Wednesdays. We'll probably lose some likes today. And The Israelites had to determine within themselves that what was being asked of them was for the benefit of not only for them personally, but for the group of Israel as a whole. I want to take you somewhere real quick. Tommy, Luke 19.44. And I'm, I'm almost done. We got about another hour and we out. I've seen people grabbing their pocketbooks, their bags. They said, yeah, while he's flipping through this, I'm going to go ahead and roll. We'll catch you next week, Pastor. Okay. I think that's what I want, Tommy, as soon as I find it. Boy, I love technology sometimes, but it makes you stupid. Luke 19, 44. What, what, what we've got here is Jesus coming to Jerusalem, and he breaks over the crest, if you will, and, and peers down on Jerusalem. And this is one of two places in Scripture that Jesus cries, that Jesus wept. And Jesus is looking down on Jerusalem, and he begins to cry, and this is what he says. He says in verse 44, And level you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave in you one stone. Well, let me just... Tommy, go to 41. Let me just give him the context. I'll start reading while he gets it. Now, as he drew near, he saw the city and he wept over it, saying, if you had known. <laughs> Whew. I said an hour. It might be two. If you had known, even you, Especially in this, your day, the things that make for your peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you and surround you and close you in on every side. And level you and your children within you. To the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another. Because you did not know or you did not recognize the time of your visitation. Don't miss your moment. Don't, don't miss your moment. Okay, the word visitation here. 
In, in the Greek, it's the same word that Paul used in his letters, the epistles. It's the, it's the same words that are the same word that he used for bishop or overseer. You did not know, you did not recognize the moment of your bishop. You've got to understand what bishop is. If you know anything about the ecclesiastical positioning of, of hierarchy within churches, the, the bishop, the overseer, has the authority to basically go and put into play or to uh, put in place new territories. So what Jesus was saying is, if you would have known that it was me when I spoke to you, you would have broadened. If you knew that it was me that came to you in the time of inconvenience, came to you in the time that you didn't know, if you would have known it was me at that moment, you could have received. If you would have known that it was the visitation at the moment when you became ill and, and I came in and said, but my word says that my stripes have healed you. But because of it was inconvenient, because you missed the moment, because you were tied up in what you thought, because you were tied up in the appearance of your life, that it has now trumped the moment. See, you could have recognized that moment and maybe could have received that moment and possibly experienced that moment. Don't miss your moment. Change is hard. It's not easy. It's inconvenient. But it's worth it. How many of you really believe that you probably, one time or another, have missed a moment? Do you ever find yourself sitting back and looking at that? And going, I should have married that other dude, right? No. Had a girl. You sit and you, man, maybe moments. Maybe you shouldn't have. Moments. Because it was inconvenient to continue doing what was asked of you. And you weren't willing to change internally. I wonder how much we've missed. Man, I, I was thinking the other day when I was riding by myself. 
I said, God, I, I don't, I don't want to leave this world with regrets. Amen. But unfortunately, God, there's things I regret. It doesn't change. My life didn't get better after I But what I said after I recognized that, God, from this point forward, Amen. don't let me miss the moment. Right. You know, sometimes the moment is just, sometimes the moment is just doing differently. Because see, God will take the little things and build on them. Yes, he will. Lonely baby. Mm -hmm. Don't miss your moment. Your life is built on moments. And some moments have changed your life for the better or for the worse. Moments. I don't want Jesus to stand over my life and say if you would have only knew mm -hmm. but I'm afraid he's done that I'm afraid that he st has stood over my life and said you missed The moment. You've missed the visitation. You missed the opportunity for when I came and spoke new territory into your life and over your life, and you missed it. But y'all know I cleave to grace. I still have a hope that maybe, just maybe, Meg, he'll come back. <laughs> and he'll say, you know what? There's another moment. Amen. Let's 
Say you preach it just a cry, baby. Because <laughs> Miss Pat, I hate the thought of ever disappointing God. See, I don't like letting friends down. But I hate him more. To let him down. So my prayer this morning for you and for me is God that I don't ever miss another moment. See, we need to be so, man, can you imagine what what the Israelites must have been going through and, and just being discouraged and distraught and their world just seemed to be upside down. They've lost everything that they knew. They lost everything that they knew. There, there was no more leader. The Bible said that there was no prophet that had come up like Moses since Moses died. For Mo, see, come on, church, you got to understand. Moses spoke to them every day. He told them where they were going. He told them what they were eating. He told them what they were wearing. He showed them where to sleep. He showed them where to put up the tabernacle. He showed them all. Everything every day. And now there's no one there to give direction. Boy, could you imagine your life. Then there was a moment. Boy, see, some of us are thankful for Abraham. Some of us are thankful for Peter. I don't know why, but I'm joking. Peter's my boy. Me and him like this. I can't wait to meet him. I hope I get to meet him. I hope he. I hope it is Saint Peter at the gate. You know, what up? And if you're behind me, you're going to have to wait a minute because we got some catching up to do. Y'all be going, hey, hurry up, get out of the way. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Patience is a virtue. Tell him, Peter. <laughs> I just had a brain dump right there. I don't even know where I went back. What if Joshua would have missed his moment? Listen, Joshua was, I'm, I'm certain that Joshua was just as distraught as the rest of Israel. Especially when he spent the God moments with Moses. Hanging out in the tent. Huh? What could you imagine? God, I. I've told y'all the story, me hanging out, you know, listening to listening to pastors talk about God and stuff and how, how awesome it was because it would just blow my mind. The, the depths and, and the, it's kind of like our conversation yesterday, don't ever ride with your friend anywhere that wants to talk to you about Bible because 
we both got purple heads yesterday, but just talking about, just, you know, what ifs and, and, and what about and what do you think? And then just being able to talk to each other with our minds because we're going to think differently anyway. And we're going, wow. But just imagine what Joshua would experience in the tent of meeting when Moses would leave. Moses go home, he hang out, he just get the leftovers. Hey God, is it you? I don't know if God ever talked to him and never said it in scripture. I don't know if God, I don't know if he ever asked God a question. How to, but just the mere presence. Boy, whoop, don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. <coughs> what do you think would have happened with the centurion if he would have missed his moment? But he'd come across this man, the Messiah, and said, oh, hey, you don't even have to go. Send a word. Well, he was in a moment. Yep. He was in a moment. See, see how this works? The visitation, the bishop, Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus, oh, I might go another hour. The Bible says that Jesus is the bishop of our souls. Can you imagine? I mean, when he walked up, he went, whoa, that's the Messiah. And I know you can do more than what you're already telling everybody. He had a moment. He had a revelation. And Jesus said, all right, you good. Go on home. He broadened. <laughs> oh my gosh, boy, if you would get a hold of some of this. If you could recognize Jesus bigger than what you recognized him yesterday, he will broaden your experience in him. There, he can't not. Because now you're placing, that's what, listen, listen. Oh, the woman with the issue of blood. She placed a demand She placed a demand on the healer before. Oh, 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 oh. Woo! Ain't nobody ever seen it like that before. And she said, I just want to touch. A little education before we quit. The hymn wasn't this. That's not the hymn. might have to take it out the bag. For years, I thought that was the hem of his garment. Because their garments hung low, I thought it was just the hem where they stitched it. What did y'all think it was? Thought it was this too? All right. Any, anybody ever thought it differently before they learned about it? So you've always thought it to be the hymn? That's my phone. No, my talit.
Huh? It's on the chair. I know where my talit's at. <laughs> hey, well, y'all want to keep Facebook? Keep you. Just sit still. Eat you some popcorn. I mean, that's what you. Some chicken. I hope my friend's watching. I want to come over and get something to eat today. Hope my friend's watching. Are my friend's watching? Tommy, are my friends watching? Oh, Debbie, send them a text. Send them a text. Quickly. I could have sent Eli in there. Y'all do know that Eli's a prophet. Did y'all know that? That Eli was a prophet? Did y'all know that? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Prayer shawl. You would have known them. When you... Hey, look. Um, there's a way you're supposed to wear it. This is all that's supposed to be up around. Anyway, all right, look. Check this out. Look. This is what they call the tizit. This is a tizit. And what is this written? Our verses. To remind the rabbis of the word of God. So this is the hymn. This is the hymn of the garment. So what she was doing, she wasn't touching... She wasn't just touching the hem of his clothes. She was touching the word. Of God. She was placing a demand. <laughs> See, if, if, only, if only you could touch... If only you could recognize. Whew, boy, it should have been a Wednesday night. She didn't miss her moment. The moment wasn't when she done it. That wasn't the moment. The moment was when she was peering out of the window and she said, you know what? Regardless, I don't care what doctors tell me because she spent all her money on doctors and couldn't nobody help her. And she was able to make a decision. She changed She changed her mind in what she believed. When's the last time you made a change in the moment and changed your life 
forever. The moment.